Welcome into the Bad Movies Worst Opinions Podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. We are chugging along, episode 14, heading into the summer, to celebrate the NBA Finals. We watched the movie Steel, starring Shaquille O'Neal. And Rob, you told me, because we don't have a guest today, it's just me and you. You told me that this is the worst movie that you've ever seen. I disagree. This isn't even the worst movie that we've done on this podcast. I'd rather watch Steel more than I'd rather watch Mac and Devin. I also have watched this before I watched Nacho Libre. This was not the worst movie that I've ever seen. It is not good, and we'll certainly talk about why this is not a good movie. Worst movie I've ever seen is a awful distinction, I think, to put on Steel. So comparing it to other movies in the podcast, I don't call Mount Mac and Devin a movie. That's just an extended music video to me where Snoop is basically just being Snoop and Wiz Khalifa just pretends he can act. So I don't really count that one. I know it is a movie, but I don't count it. I would watch Nacho Libre before I'd watch this movie ever again. This movie is gimmicky. This movie is hokey. This movie is campy in all the wrong ways. Shaq really highlights to me he cannot act. Also, and I assume we'll talk about this, I feel like all the characters were flat. I feel like once you got introduced to every character, I knew every single part of the characters and what was going to happen next at the 22-minute mark. It was terrible. The plot on IMDb, a scientist for the military turns himself into a cartoon-like superhero when a version of one of his weapons is being used against enemies. This is the poorest rated movie that we've done so far on the podcast. This movie got a 2.9 on IMDb out of 15,000 votes. The release date, August 15th, 1997. Rob, the budget for Steel was $16 million. It made $1.7 million at the box office. Let me ask you this. How did kids not flock to this movie? Shaquille O'Neal wasn't popular enough in 1997 that you couldn't get kids to the box office. You obviously did with Kazam to some success. Mm -hmm. He had been in other movies. He had tennis shoes. He had been doing commercials. He had the video game Shaq Fu. You're telling me that Shaq couldn't get kids to the movie theater in 1997? And Steel is... Not directly a comic book movie, but there is an element of comic book movie to it because it's kind of futuristic weapons and the whole deal. I just think it was so poorly done that you couldn't sell this to people. Also, not that Judd Nelson's not a big star, but when Shaq's the highlighted name and the only name and there's nothing else behind it, you run into a problem. Like, if they made this movie now with LeBron, like, let's use Space Jam, the new one with LeBron James. Don Cheadle is the second star. That's going to get people to the theater. Shaq and Annabeth, what's-her-face, is not star-studded power. So the box office this week, Copland debuted this week at $13.5 million. This was Air Force One came in at number two. Conspiracy Theory was number three this week. Event Horizon, it's opening week, 9.5. I've never seen or heard of Event Horizon. Nope. But it debuted number four on the box office. And Spawn mm. was also in the box office. Number five made $4.9 million this week in the box office. It's funny you say that. For a movie that is as poorly rated as this, I thought the cast was actually pretty decent. So the cast is Shaquille O'Neal. He's the main character. Annabeth Gist. She is Sparky. Susan Sparks. Judd Nelson. He is Nathaniel Burke. Richard Roundtree. Shaft. He's Uncle Joe. Big Mama. Irma P. Hall. She is Grandma Odessa. Ray J is in this movie. He's the young homie. And Hill Harper is Slats. I actually thought the cast for this was fairly decent. This isn't a star-studded cast. Not a lot of great actors, but Judd Nelson had a great career. Richard Roundtree was Shaft. 
I thought this was a, a decent cast for a movie that is incredibly poorly written. Normally, you don't get this good of a cast. I just felt like they didn't do a good job in the movie to the point where it really stood out. You're right. Judd Nelson had done The Breakfast Club. He had done St. Elmo's Fire. He had done these 80s cult classics. Those days with Judd Nelson at this point were 10, 15 years ago. It was over. Judd Nelson didn't get in that, that group to the box office to, for a movie. He's with Shaq. Richard Roundtree, while Shaft is a very popular television show, is he going to draw people out to the theater by being Shaft? Not really. I don't know who this Annabeth girl is at all. I looked at her IMDb page. She was on The West Wing, and that's basically it. So I don't really know her all that well. So I think this movie leaned on Shaq to be the star, to be the juice to get people to the box office, and he's not big enough, and everyone else is a solid TV actor, or their best, their best acting days were far behind them. So a tank, the movie starts with the tank destroying the environment, and we learn the Shaq is being all he can be. Judd Nelson is being sneaky behind the tank, and we're learning why. He is trying to play this into a promotion. Well, Judd Nelson is trying to show out in front of company, and he blows up his team, killing a senator and paralyzing one of his fellow comrades, Sparky. Burke is now on trial, and Shaq is on the stand saying Burke is guilty. This was a scene that a lot of scenes in this movie, I think, really highlight this. Shaq ain't giving me nothing. Mm-hmm. Shaq ain't giving me nothing. I thought Judd Nelson at this point kind of set up a decent foil. I'm out back. I'm talking to the senator. I'm trying to play this into promotion and move up the corporate ladder. You kind of get the other people. You meet Sparks for the first time. And you're asking Shaq to just give you a level of emotion. No! And save his homegirl. And he's got to go on the stand and give you that dramatic moment. That's not what he is. I feel like there's a defined role for Shaq. He was great in Blue Chips. Be you. You're mm-hmm. a superstar basketball player. I thought his personality really showed. Kazam, hey, be fun, lovable, you're a genie. It's meant to kind of be make-believe. Yep. You want me to believe that he is in the army here. You got to get a little better actor than this. This is my first major problem with the movie, and it's kind of in the same vein of what you're saying. They tried to create this political drama element backdrop to what happened, where Judd Nelson is trying to scheme and go up the corporate ladder, and Shaq is the one that shuts it down because his friend got hurt. There should be an emotion here. There should be a big moment where he testifies on the stand. This should have been a, a huge deal to set up the entirety of him as a foil. And Shaq fails. I never think to myself, for one, man, Shaq is really hurt by that girl's injury because it seems so campy. No! Terrible. And then he's on the stand and... It's a very unfair comparison, but like how many times we've seen in movies and TV shows where like the person on the stand gives this impassioned speech that puts the guy behind bars. And now he didn't go behind bars, but it got him kicked out of the military. Shaq's speech didn't move me at all. In this moment, I'm like, man, there's, they're really, really relying on Shaq to act and he can't. Do you think Shaq does this because we know his closeness to the military? So you know, his father was in the military. Do you think he does this role because of that? Because it was kind of hard for me to separate that, at least early on in the movie, where if you hand Shaq this role and you tell him, because we know how much you love Superman, right? He has a Superman tattoo. You get to be your own version of the Man of Steel, and you're a former military guy turned superhero. That's right up Shaq's alley. I can see why Shaq wanted to do this movie. It didn't turn out the way that I'm sure anybody expected it to be. But I'm sure the premise of the movie is what really appealed to him. I love Superman. I can be the Man of Steel. 
and my father was in the military. Now I get to play somebody in the military. I get why he said yes to the role because everything you said. I don't get why when they envision this role, they envision Shaq. Because, and maybe it's me feeling to separate Shaq, the basketball player, from the actor in this movie. But how many times are dudes 7-1 in the military? Like, there's like a uniformity to the military. You see, like, you know, everyone's kind of the same. Everyone's a little bit different, but the same. Like, you think of, like, Captain America. There's that scene they're all in World War II. All the guys kind of look similar. Shaq is 7-1 in, what, 315? He does not seem like just average military Joe. So... I get why he said yes. Why did they approach Shaq for this role confuses me to no end. So I'm reading a little bit on Wikipedia. I'm going to steal some of your fun facts here. There we go. Wesley Snipes was the first choice for this role. I'm guessing Wesley Snipes saw this and was like, no. (laughs) Or he was just outside of the budget. If you only spent $16 million to make this movie at this point, you might be given... Wesley Snipes, what, $10 million back in 1997? Like, Wesley Snipes is an A-list actor at this point. He might have just been outside the budget just a little bit. Shaq is now out of the Army after seeing what happened to his friend, so they try to convince Shaq to stay in the Army. He's like, nah, I'm out. These weapons hurt people. He then sees what happens to his partner. He heads back home to Ray J and Big Mama. Burke is out of control. He's selling military secrets, almost blinding people with this test, and he's Mm. killing people on elevators. I actually didn't mind Judd Nelson, a.k.a. Burke, as a villain in this movie. I thought he was good. He was a good villain. I just felt like they tried too hard to add multiple layers to him as a villain. Because later in the movie, he, we find out that he's like using local gangs and youth to like push his weapons. And like he tries to have this like bidding war moment with the weapons. And like they're doing too much with him as like he's trying to play more a villain that's a like member of like a weapons dealer or a gun runner but at times like they sell you that he's actually the big bad who uses the weapons either be you know evil tony stark or be a guy who's using the weapons to clean up the streets they tried to add too much depth and it got convoluted a bank robbery is taking place with high-end weaponry it's the weaponry that we saw earlier in the movie Shaq and ray j arrive at the scene as the robbery is in progress the villains shoot at the cop car that Shaq, his friend and ray j were riding in almost killing his friend and what becomes a theme of the movie Shaq saves him at the nick of time and on foot pursuit starts with Shaq chasing down one of the bank robbers it's on now he then loses one of the bank robbers. What'd you think of this scene? So he's chasing that little young street punk. Yep. He then shoots the gun, knocks over the train. Mm-hmm. Shaq rolls, saves himself. He then comes face to face. Hill Harper comes up, zoom, zoom, hits him with the little beam. This scene was fun. So here's, it was fun. Here's, here's what I thought about this whole scene. The action sequences and the gun and everything was campy and not well produced and kind of, I couldn't get past it like the beam gun they used to you know destroy the train that whole time like ugh. and maybe I was looking at it through the lens of 2023 movies but like the animation and the weaponry stuff is supposed to be like high end and futuristic and it just looks so silly. It looks so you gotta, stupid. You got to see it through the lens of 97, though. You got to see though, it through the lens of 97. 97, we were getting movies that, like, you could do some weaponry stuff, and it didn't look so gimmicky. This looked like a bad, 
you know, 38 The Spot TV show. This looked like Star Trek Enterprise Part 700 on KCMO level weaponry on a movie that had $16 million budget. Yeah, I'm assuming those $16 million back in 97, I mean, think about it. I mean, at that point, you probably needed $100 million to do the weaponry like you think of Independence Day. Yep, which would this timeline. The, yeah, you know, they do the Zoom or when they blow up the White House. The scenes in Men in Black alone might have cost $16 million That's before fair. you ever do anything else. So, like, I just think if you're going to be a, a low-budget movie, which I think $16 million yep. is fair to call this a low-budget for a major motion picture especially, you're right. You're going to need to get some other stuff right, which this movie just doesn't do. Our hero calls back to the Army to ask how these high-end weaponry is getting out on the streets, and the Army just doesn't really seem too concerned about it. Like, Shaq is telling you these weapons. There are not a lot of people that know about these weapons. I'm telling you that these weapons are on on the the street. street. Here's why I hated this scene. I know you're talking about. So the colonel gets this call from Shaq, who the colonel was like, Shaq, don't leave. Don't leave when you're in the military. And he's like, no, these weapons are dangerous. I don't want to be a part of something that has these dangerous weapons in the world. And now Shaq calls the colonel. and was like, hey, remember those weapons from the weapon test we did last week? They're out on the streets. The colonel is an idiot. How can he not put two and two together? The guy who we just disbarred from the military for trying to really do this up and really sell this stuff and rise the corporate ladder may have had these weapons. Instead, he like... Dismisses Shaq out of hand. This movie should have ended at that phone call. If you get that phone call in the military and a person that you trust is telling you these are out in the streets, you're like five minutes away from finding the culprit. But instead, they were like, I don't know, I don't know, Shaq. I don't think they're out there. So good luck figuring it all out. Yeah, I don't know why there wasn't an investigation here to figure out why this high end weaponry. And I mean, if you go do an investigation, you can't look at the damage that's at the bank and determine that these came from your weapons that you created. They were using the laser that you showed us early in the movie, mm-hmm. and then that little sonic wave thing that basically killed a U.S. senator and crippled mm-hmm. another. Uh, member of the army. I'm with you. That that part was a little odd. And then Shaq's acting. Remember Shaq? Mm-hmm. He's angry on the phone. He then hangs up the phone and then breaks the phone. Mm-hmm. Shaq's acting there, not strong enough. Shaq then goes to the robbers' hideout to try to get information. You could just do that. You're telling me you rob now. Maybe Shaq's a little different. He's seven one, three hundred yeah, pounds. Say, Shaq say- maybe pull up at the local. He pulled up like this was a clubhouse for the gang and asking mm-hmm. questions. I'm not surprised that they didn't give you the answers. You go up to Hill Harper and say, where'd you get these guns from? I didn't think he was just going to say, here, let me go, let me forward you a number. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, they tried to make him like a detective for a scene here. I actually think me, Rob Brenton, might do a better job because I don't stand out. How many 7-1 dudes just run around on the planet? Hey, you don't think the bad guy was like, hey, if by chance a guy shows up and he's 19 feet tall, don't give him the industry secrets. Like, they add this detective element, like, get to go undercover to try to get the secrets. What? That's not even what the military is. He's in the military. He's not in the FBI. Just, just again, so, I hated this movie so much. So goofy. We learned that the robbers are working with Burke, and Burke has a new team that he's assembled. Shaq, keeping up with his old friend, travels to St. Louis as he is in a new veterans hospital who doesn't appear to be in good shape. Both parties, the veterans hospital and his friend mm-hmm. Sparks, don't appear to be in good shape. Shaq tells her about the high-end weapons that are flooding the streets and asks for her help. She says no, but Shaq, no doesn't mean no for Shaq. And he carries her out of the hospital to applause. I'm going to say to a round of applause. If someone was stealing that woman from the VA, are we telling? are you believing that the rest of the people are like... 
See, this is where I think you're being a little too hard on the movie. Probably. I thought the movie had a heart to it. Now, I don't think it had maybe the script to pull it off or the actors to pull it off, but I do think there is a certain likability about this movie. Shaq's relationship with Sparks is good. I like Richard Roundtree in this movie as the wise old junkyard guy that kind of knows everything. I thought Ray J's personality was really good. I liked his interaction with Sparks. I felt like that was one of the better things of the movie. Again, you need probably two better actors Mm -hmm. to pull that off. But I do think there was a certain heart and element that this movie just tried to find. It just didn't have all the resources to fully flesh it out. I think they were trying to find the heart. They just didn't have the people. They didn't have the writers, whatever the thing. I, I do see what you're saying. They tried to create like these heartfelt moments and like, this connectivity between the cat. I, I see what they're trying to do. It just did such a bad job of it at every turn that I never was able to feel that level of heart. And again, as I kept watching this, I got more and more angry that I was watching. I was like, oh, this movie's so bad. So I didn't really take the step back and say like, oh, okay, well, I see what they're trying to do here. So I get they were trying to do that. It just missed so badly. So the goal is for Sparky to create counter weapons to stop the evil weapons with junkyard materials. You're crazy. We don't have the Army's resources. Yeah, I know, but we have something that they don't have. It's going to take a lot more than that. Just make me a list, darling. Hi, I'm Uncle Joe. Everybody just calls me Uncle Joe. (laughs) I tell you, the one thing about running the junkyard, people will bring you the damnedest things. That's a mainframe 7200 IBM. 500 megahertz slam bam, thank you, ma'am, something or other. Where could you possibly have... Fella told me, fell off the back of a truck. You would be absolutely moon-eyed to know just how many things will fall off the back of a truck. Bert is now impersonating an arcade owner who was given out jobs to try to trick Ray J. Sparks falls out of her wheelchair and then gets up and renews her spirit. I thought that was the best scene in the movie. Yeah, the one where you can see Richard Roundtree and Shaq in the background, and Shaq's like pushing the side, like, make her do it. I actually liked this. This is a singular scene I liked. I do think this is them trying to show that heart of the movie. Yeah. But it is a 90-second moment where you think, oh, okay, they hit this. And then as we get away from this scene, it goes back to the campy nonsense I don't like. Montage time as Steel starts to come to life as Sparky and Richard Roundtree are starting to put together his suit. Our team is getting everything in order. Now Steel goes out on a Batman-like adventure to stop the bugging of an older couple. This costume is so bad. Yes. I think this movie is better received. I mean this. I think the movie is better received if the costume is better. Because I, I, I don't think this movie is a 2.9 on IMDb. I don't think it's good. Mm-hmm. I think when you show the trailer and you see Shaq and you show the level of superstar that he is in that costume... I don't think you can ever overcome the first impression. I don't think you can mm-hmm. ever overcome how bad he looks in the costume. I a thousand percent agree. I had it down my notes. It was the worst costume ever. And again, it's an unfair comparison, but I basically viewed Steel as a watered down version of Iron Man. There's a lot of similarity, I and mean, there's not all similarities, but like the building of the suit and the whole deal. When we first see Iron Man on screen with Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr., that reveal is like, whoa, that's just like the comics. That's awesome. It's bright. It's vibrant, cool colors. We see Shaq out there, and it looks like, what are you wearing? And then he has that big electromagnetic hammer. You're like, that's his big weapon? And it just, 
it all seems so silly that I couldn't take it seriously. If there is not even just average, like just a little notch below average costume as opposed to the dumpster fire we got, maybe this movie doesn't come off as campy, but the, the costume was horrible. So Steele recovers the cop, the couple's belongings and lets them know that there's a new sheriff in town. Some goons pull up. Some goons we never met before. These are new goons, unidentified goons. Try to unsuccessfully shoot at Steele. Hey, move out the way, fool. It's our hood. Yeah. Now put the gun down and there won't be any trouble. Oh, man, please. I'm about to smoke you like a blunt. He shows off some skills with a super-duper magnet. And as the cops come, Shaq, all seven foot two... 300 pounds, now repels to the top of a building. He then long jumps across two buildings and then falls down a dumpster, all in a 75-pound steel suit. Okay. <laughs> I don't got nothing mm-hmm. else to say other than, okay, that's well, it. I'll use some of my fun facts. Because of Shaq's size, him being 7'1", he had to do all his own stunts. So I think also in this scene, it's highlighted that, you know what, Shaq's not a stuntman. So they have to film it and cut it in a way where you're like, it's not abundantly clear. You just had a dude falling. So you kind of ha- it kind of even becomes more goofy looking. It, it was very silly. The cops are chasing Steele in a motorcycle pursuit as he evades the police and finds safety in the nick of time back at home base. Ray J, who sees Steele kind of flying by, he can't wait to tell the streets what he saw. Our couple who got robbed earlier, they go on the news to talk about their experience as well. This was my biggest question in the entire movie. The whole movie I watched. Even if you don't know who Shaq is, by body type, he is one of the most recognizable Mm -hmm. human beings in the entire world. That man is going to play a superhero and think you're going to keep it on the low? I get how Peter Parker can hide his identity, right? Peter mm-hmm. Parker, a small, unassuming dude. Anybody can be Peter Parker. It's a Peter Parker and all of us. All of us can't be Steel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of us can't be this man. This is where I think casting missed. And I, you, you stole my fun fact from earlier because Wesley Snipes said no. But And they chose Shaq, by the way. I don't know if you had it in your fun fact. They, had, they chose Shaq because they felt like the idea of selling merchandise and toys would be easier with Shaq because of the backdrop of his NBA stardom. Maybe they sold toys. Maybe they didn't. But... You can't have you can't convince me that a seven one guy is keeping an identity a secret. There are not many seven one people walking around the earth. If I was in Lawrence Kansas when I was in college, and all of a sudden, man, this seven foot white dude was a you know, a crime stopping machine, I would first think to myself, Oh, that's Jeff Withy. There's not a lot of humans that look like him. Yeah. I would figure it out like that. To assume Los Angeles is full of just morons who can't put two and two together is astounding to me. And his mask doesn't even really cover up his face. It does cover up his eyes, basically. It was like Richard Hamilton, like, yo, take that mask off. I know who you are. Burke and the bank robber have a meeting about Steel. Meanwhile, the streets are as quiet as they can be as Steel and Shaft are out patrolling. It's a little too quiet. Communication gets cut off. Wait, there's another bank robbery. This time it's at the big bank. The Federal Reserve. Steele arrives as the bank robbery is in progress, but the robbers seem to be more prepared than Steele had anticipated. Mm-hmm. Steele is outgunned and told to bail. He's surrounded by the crooks and the cops. The robbers blow a police chopper out of the sky, which gives them a window to escape. And now our group has to regroup back at the base. Also, real quick, this is the scene where Shaq runs underneath the helicopter in this big steel outfit and saves... The cop from, I believe, Family Matters. Is that the, I believe that's who that is. 
also goofy and gimmicky. He's like, you're supposed to sell me on. He just dives in time to save the cop. I'm like, he is in a metal suit. He needs to have powers more than just running. But you're right. Another scene where it's like this movie in the moments, the movie like had big, you know, dramatic moments really tried to sell you on the action sequences. And they are all so goofy and poorly done that I can't get past it. So Shaq's secret is out, which is a shock to absolutely no one that's listening to this, that the seven foot two person got identified. Big Mama identifies that this is Shaq, and they are having a heart-to-heart talk. And next thing you know, kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. The police walk in, and they arrest our boy. But you know what? Nobody wants to give Shaq up. He's down at the precinct. No one wants to point out that that's Shaq. I don't know who this person is. Mm-hmm. The cops, you got the wrong guy. Eventually, they got to let Shaq go because they ain't got no eyewitnesses. I know what the movie was trying to do here. They were trying to sell him as, you know, a vigilante hero and everyone was protecting him because they oh. like excuse me. Because they like the vigilante the same way like people probably know Bruce Wayne's Batman but they're protecting him because the vigilante's keeping the streets clean, you know, same with how countless other superhero movies. So I get what they're trying to do here, but it's so done poorly and the cops are like they don't need the eyewitnesses the cops have him dead to rights they know he has those weapons they think he's the bad guy with the weapons because the weapons are so similar it's just very again it's like they tried for 90 seconds to do something that they've seen other people do and they did it bad Burke is now putting all of his weapons on Amazon, and when Irons gets a Reese from jail, <laughs> such a funny way to he say put that. it on Amazon, man. Hey, you got to put on Amazon Prime. By Smart. the way, the whole that that scene where he's like, they're like a bunch of like they like are hate groups, like they show like these high end weapons dealers, like there's some Nazis, like and they're all acting like the internet. Oh, we found it on the internet, and the one guy, the one Nazi's like, yeah, it's more than just por- porn, and they all have a good chuckle. High tech weapons not available in any store, and if you act now, how does a buyer? make contact in this day and age there's only one way the internet damn right we can pick up all kinds of good crap not just porno was the internet that much of a who knew what it was in 1997 maybe i'm just too young to remember because i was six and we had just kind of gotten the dial up at the house but the internet was not some unfounded wow only i can't believe criminals are using it type of moment maybe i'm just misremembering society yeah you probably are just a little bit I just don't, I mean, maybe this is, again, that's not like I'm that much older than you. You knew where to get the illegal military high-end weapons on the internet back in 1997? That seems like that that comes a little bit later, like internet porn. Ever since you could transmit images, they've they've been selling porn on the internet. I just don't know if, how do you find out about the illegal arms dealings that are going on on the internet in 1997? So our guy Irons gets out of jail and Sparky, Sparky, our girl, is captured by Burke's thugs. He attempts, Iron attempts to infiltrate Burke's headquarters, and he gets captured in the process. He he fell, he walked. This is a, a thing that a lot of movies do, and I think this movie tried it and it did it bad. You know, the, oh, you fell from my trap moment, you know, I had you, da-da-da. Judd Nelson's line here, he's like, I knew you'd come, and that's why I was ready for you, ha-ha-ha-ha. I would let the paralyzed girl die, but that's just me. I'm like... I get he's a villain. There is not a worse way to portray a villain. You couldn't have had the we trapped him moment. Like, it just, everything seemed to be going at 100 miles an hour here for no rhyme or reason. So, Burke continues with the Amazon auction, the eBay auction. He is tricked by Steel, which allows Steel and Sparks to rebel 
and destroy Burke's lair. Burke's himself is killed. He's out of here. When a laser he fires towards Steel reflects back due to Steel's suit. And now everybody escapes Burke's lair. Real quick on that scene. Before the escape. The way they had that beam, the whatever you want to call it, bounce off Burke's suit is so silly. Burke turns to protect Ray J and Co. And it bounces off the ass of his suit and then fires back at him. Buns of steel. You want me to take this movie seriously? You're like, hey, I shot this high-level weapon at the good guy. It bounced off his ass and hit me, and now I'm dead. I'm supposed to take that moment seriously? Really? He has buns of steel. This movie, I did think, had like a lot of like small kind of clever lines, like Shaq shooting the free throws. He's like, oh, I can never shoot free throws. Whenever they're showing him the hammer, and then Richard Roundtree says, I always love the Shaft, because he was Shaft's character. I thought there were some good kind of pop culture lines, if you know, you know kind of things. I didn't mind the buns of steel here. I thought it was a funny 90s play on words that everybody could have got. That's fair. There's a lot of little goof moments like that. You mean, I was going to talk about the free throw thing in a minute. I thought one of the fun facts is Shaq was a notorious bad free throw shooter. I'm like, thanks, IMDb. Um, but I thought all those things were, it kind of took away from what they were trying to do. There's like a serious tone and tenor to this movie, and they just jam in these like little cutesy references to the other work that people do. It didn't, it didn't fit what they're trying to create. That's why I didn't like those moments. The movie then wraps up with the colonel trying to convince Steele to eventually join back, and you know what? He declines, man. I'm not going back there. I don't want no more of these weapons. And then Big Mama finally gets the opportunity to open her restaurant. And tells the story about heroism, and that is how the movie Steel ends. By the way, I know I like a good callback. The fact that Grandma went from one scene of explaining how she wants to do French cooking to now owning the restaurant, it was some big, it happened, woohoo! I'm all for a callback being paid off. We didn't sell that storyline at all. It only we, came up two times, basically. I can't even remember the same time. I just remember the one time. They made and, the one joke about it, and Ray J made another joke okay. about it a little bit later on. But you're but right. it wasn't. Grandma wasn't in the second scene. No, if I, but you know they got to wrap up, yeah, and everybody's got to be happy at the end. I get that. Steel was critically panned upon its original release. Rotten Tomatoes gave the movie a 12% based on 26 reviews. The site's consensus, quote, Steel is a badly acted movie that not only indulges in bad superhero hero cliches but also the sappy tv movie of the week ones our next review comes from variety and says that the film is too broad and episodic to attract anything than the most undemanding crowd the san francisco chronicle described this movie as quote a tolerable stinker of a film that plays like a saturday morning cartoon the last review here is from the new york times quote the film is slow to gather momentum and generates little excitement or tension I actually think that's the best Mm -hmm. review of this movie. This is how I would define this movie. I don't think the movie, it's kind of like food that isn't well seasoned. You can cook the food kind of decent, right? But the season is kind of what brings the taste out of it. This movie doesn't taste like anything. It's just black. Mm -hmm. I'm not upset I watched it. I'm not happy I watched it. It was just there. Like, you probably have this movie more poorly rated than I do. Probably do. I I would probably put this movie in the 4.5 range. I do think there's a heart about it, and I thought the movie plot, you could have got a good movie out of this. You didn't get a good movie out of this, but you could have got a good movie out of it. I just don't think it tastes like anything. It tastes like broth. It's just unseasoned. It's just there. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just 
just there. Here's my problem though. I don't know. I'm going to step away from your analogy for a minute because I don't know I can continue it. I didn't know what they were trying to accomplish. There are moments in this movie where they're trying to sell me on this very serious political story, this very serious military element, and he's going to be this superhero type person. There's a tone and tenor of seriousness to it. But they keep jamming in all these little jokes and all these funny ha-has combined with terrible CGI animation. The action sequences are all done poorly. Either lean into it and be a campy, you know, halfway joking version of an action movie, and I think there would be like a... You'd have that heart. You'd be like, oh, it's kind of goofy and funny. They're not taking themselves too seriously. Shaq is in the military. Or be a serious movie where you're trying to have Shaq like come up and like do that right. But instead, they tried this with too much of that, and it never worked. I'm going to have it rated lower than you. I don't think it's blah. I think they were trying to make something salty for your analogy, and they came out with something sour. And even though sour is fine by some people's margin, that's not what their goal was. And I don't know why it ended up the way it ended up. Let's do when a hero comes along. This is the person, place, or thing that tried to save this movie. I'm going to give my hero to the score. I actually think the music to this is pretty good. I thought the superhero music was pretty good. There was the scene whenever he is building the actual costume and they're playing that gospel song attached to mm-hmm. it. Makes sense. Quincy Jones is attached to this movie, so I'm not surprised the score is on par. I'm going to give the score to this movie. I liked it. I'm going to give my hero to, I, I don't remember the actress's name, she plays Sparky, because I think that Sparky's character is actually the best one that's acted and developed. She has the hard times of now being paralyzed. She's trying to play the woe is me card at the VA hospital. She then has that moment, kind of goofy and campy, but then she learns to overcome things. One of my fun facts, she's based on the idea of an oracle, which from the DC Comics, and she plays, to a Spider-Man quote, the person in the chair really, really well, and she does seem to come off someone who cares for Shaq's character. So I think she was the highlight of this movie. She gets my hero rises. I think their relationship is the best part of the movie. That's fair. I think their relationship is what really saves this movie. All right, doing too much. Give me a person, place, or thing that you thought in this movie was doing a little bit too much. Shaq. Shaq was horrible in this movie. I feel like if you take Shaq out of this movie and you replace him with generic actor, I think it gets better. I'm going to count the terrible costume as part of the Shaq experience, but Shaq cannot act at this juncture in time. Shaq cannot do serious roles at this juncture in time. Shaq is better suited to do what Shaq does best. Stay in your lane, be funny, be goofy, be Kazam. Be the guy that hangs out with Charles Barkley instead of inside the NBA. Be that character. He could not pull off what this was. Shaq is my doing too much. Yeah, I, again, I, I really think that there was a heart there in this movie, and I'm not really sure if they really tapped into the heart of the movie. My doing too much to me is just the costume. Like, I think this is a movie that if you're going to sell Shaq as a superhero, when you see Shaq in that costume, you can't laugh at what he's wearing. you got to be in awe. you got to be impressed about what he's wearing. And I just don't really think that he was. So I'm going to do the costume. That's I fair. thought I thought Steele's outfit was doing a little bit too much. This movie is a 2.9 on IMDb. Too much, too little, or just right. I'll go first here. I think the movie is too little, but, I mean, it's not a good movie. I give this like a 4.2, 4.5, somewhere in that range. I did not like this movie. I'm surprised that in those reviews that we read, I mean, this is a movie that's for teenagers. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think... Like, who was your target audience? Did you reach those people? I don't think this movie did a good job in reaching those people. But I do think there's a heart here. I do think there's a plot here. The cast is it. 
it was enough to save this from being one of the more poorly rated movies. It's probably on IMD's website. I'll say it's too low of a rating, but I don't want to spin that. Like, I think the rating is just, it's, it's not a good film. Five, 4.5. I also think it's too low only because I think 2.9 is harsh. And I don't like this movie. I dislike a lot of it. There was very little redeeming for me with this movie, but I will say 2.9 makes it sound like it's the room when time was so, where it's just the one of the worst films ever made. 2.9 is harsh. We had Pete on last week. And I was like, man, Pete, that was a little harsh on Baywatch. Like, yeah, it was bad. I'm going to give it a low score. I'm like, you do enough of these like me and you do. You understand what bad, bad looks like. So I think it's too little. I would give it like a 3.8 or a 3.9. Like, I would sort of point better. I still don't think it's good. But 2.9 makes it sound like you just, you know, put together the worst film of all time. I don't think it's unwatchable. To me, 2.9 is an unwatchable. I don't think the movie was unwatchable anyway. I'm not even going to fight with your rating. Like a 3.8, 3.9. Yeah. I'm not going to oh, for this It's movie. not a rewatch, but I've seen it once and I'm good. I didn't I didn't hate enough or midstream I turned it off. This movie's not close to a 5. Agreed. Like it, it's got to be so you could tell me any number from a 3.5 to like a 4.6, it's anywhere in there wherever you put it I ain't going to fight yep. you too hard. If you told me it's a 4.1, a 3.8, they're about the same to me for this movie. I think it's I think it's largely interchangeable. The the point system for this movie. There's movies where the point system like, hold on, you're comparing it to this movie, this mm-hmm. movie. I don't think you got to do that with this movie. And that's where I say this is probably the worst movie reviewed. If you take out the fact that I think Mac and Dennis is not a real movie, that's kind of how I view it. But you know, I also didn't hate hate Nacho Libre the way you did. All right, next week, man, we're going to do The Nutty Professor. Aaron Ladd will be back. We'll do Nutty Professor next week. We'll stay in a comedy bag here. I'm excited about doing Nutty Professor. I actually haven't seen Nutty Professor from start to finish in a while, but I'm pretty familiar with the movie. Have you seen it before? I've never seen it. I've seen commercials for it, but I've never seen Nutty Professor. Good. That's going to be our movie next week on the Bad Movies Worst Opinions Podcast. Do us a favor. Give us a review. Like us. Leave us five stars. Somebody left a one-star review. I want to know who the hater is that gave us a one-star mm. review on the Bad Movies Worst Opinions Podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie, and we only watch movies that are rated a 6.0 or less. Next week, it is The Nutty Professor. Take care.